Welcome back to the Psychotic Break. I'm Kimmy. And I'm Maddie. And today we are going to be talking about, I wouldn't really call it a phenomenon, but we're going with phenomenon, which is stereotype threat. Stereotype threat. And I think it'd be good to just... (laughs) (laughs) I think it'd be good to define what a stereotype is. You probably have heard it, but I think a definition is going to really clear some things up for some people. Stereotype, according to Oxford Dictionary, (laughs) is a widely held but fixed and oversimplified image or idea of a particular type of person or thing. Keywords here, fixed and oversimplified. We use stereotypes and general ideas of people to make the world a little easier to comprehend. It's just easier for us to put people in categories so we can understand the world because there's so much information coming at us. We want to meet a person, get a general vibe from them, and know how to interact with them. However, if our generalized ideas of people become fixed and oversimplified, that's where you have problems because people are so much more than their stereotype. Maddie, that was such a beautiful description. Also tackling the idea of negative connotations about individuals and groups. Um, but also it um it is sim I think we've briefly touched on the idea of heuristics and availability heuristics where they are literally stereotypes because as you said they make the world somehow easier but also lead to so much prejudice for sure i mean once you have these oversimplified ideas of people inevitably you're going to have opinions about those outgroups that you are forming. There's the in-group of people who are similar to you, usually family, friends, and so on. But once you put people in the outgroup, you no longer relate to them in the same way. So if you are using these stereotypes to define them, you're not getting the whole picture and you're leaving a lot of room for bias and insulting the person. If you tell them, however, it is also negative within the mind because, as we said, it's going to stick. And at least, I don't know about you, I know we have not described what stereotype threat is, but if you're anyone from the Bay, you most likely have had it or are doing it or something. And as we'll do with examples, it is so common, at least I would argue towards Asians a lot. I'd say so. So, Kimmy, what is stereotype threat? Okay, so stereotype threat is a psychological threat to the mind and initially someone's performance, which can often be seen in situations like tests or something that it has to be relatively within a group fashion. And It is this fear of conforming to negative stereotypes, which innately then fucks with your mind and your performance because you do not want to conform. Yeah. And 
I would add, it's not just that you do not want to conform. Sometimes you do want to conform to your stereotype. Mm. I will use the example of being Asian. We get the stereotype that Asians are smart. So we might go into an exam trying to remind ourselves of that. If I go into a math exam, I'll be thinking, oh, I'm Asian. I got this. Um, (laughs) Unfortunately, that's not the case because I'm so bad at math. So it's literally like a negative stereotype F you. (laughs) Like you should be good at this, but you're not. It hurts so much more when you fail because you know you're supposed to be good at it, but you cannot for the life of you comprehend it. But to defend ourselves, most Asians are probably not good at the sciences, but we're forced to be good at the sciences. So for all we know, the stereotype was created by ourselves because we chose the sciences to be more important than any form of the arts or the humanities side. And within that, being an Asian woman fucking sucks in exams because if you enter a test with, okay, we are Asian. If we entered a test with us two women who are Asian with a giant room of only Asian males, obviously we would feel stereotype threat because we're the perception is that men are supposed to be better at the sciences, especially Asian men. So the moment you enter there, I would almost argue your IQ feels like a 79 and they feel above average off the bat because as a race as a whole, that perception is that Asians are the superior. Yeah. And it's really interesting when these multiple stereotypes intermix, you have gender, you have race, you have economic status, and I just feel really bad. Oh, you have sexuality. I feel really bad for a person who has all of these stereotypes against them. It it boggles my mind of how they function in society working against so many stereotypes. I have read a book on stereotype threat. It's called Whistling Vivaldi by Claude Steele. has a lot of great experiments of how they tested stereotype threat. I mean, they put a black man in a room of white men and told them to perform some sort of exam. They put an Asian woman in a group of Asian males. Um, They put, uh, I mean, there's so many different ways that you can do this, but the idea is you are putting a quote unquote minority of the group filled with a majority of people who may believe in this negative stereotype. And the scary thing is, and you alluded to it earlier, is sometimes these are implicit. Sometimes they don't have to be said, but somehow we all come to know the general stereotypes and we start to embody them, which is really scary. Why do you, and do you think that is primarily a Bay Area thing where there is a bunch of Asians and there is almost that divide because most schools in the Bay, or at least on the peninsula, the student body is predominantly white and Asian. So it almost feels, as you said, the in-group versus the out-group. And then, which also leaves out so many other different people of color that probably, and we'll bring back the minority stress theory where they have so many intersections in their life that are inherently negative, unfortunately, because of stereotypes that they often get left out, but so 
in order to make this easier, we'll stick with, I hate to say whites versus Asians, but that's what it commonly feels like. And that's what you often feel where white people, I think, are intimidated by Asians when you enter at least a math classroom. It's not just, and it, that feels weird because white people are always seen as the majority and the one moment they maybe feel like the minority or at least feel somehow, somehow inferior is when it comes to academics, which is simply feeding into the stereotype that Asians are superior at academics. Yeah, I mean, in the Bay Area, there are there is more diversity in general, which I think is really good for combating stereotype threat. If you have more people interacting with the other group and no longer making these diverse groups the other group, I think you start to enlighten yourself and realize that, you know, all of these stereotypes don't really define a person anymore. So I I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, I definitely have experience because I'm we're I mean, we're both like mixed race and we're both half Asian. But for me, being half white, half Asian, having both sides of that coin, it just kind of creates this identity crisis because I'm like, oh, so am I going to be half good at math? Am I going to be half a bad driver? Am I am I going to be competing with all of the stereotypes negative stereotypes on white people versus Asian people. It's like, it's like, how do you really make that coherent in a person? So I can definitely understand the struggle of negative stereotypes coming at you left and right. But I would say being in the Bay Area was mostly good for me. Being surrounded with equal part people of all different nationalities. But being surrounded by people of mostly equal part nationalities is honestly really good for my development because I don't feel as affected by negative stereotype threat. I think, I mean, information can go a long way. I think since we understand what stereotype threat is, we're more likely to take a step back and be like, nope, that's not, that's not happening here. Let's, you know, try to incorporate these mindsets to prevent that from taking over. Which is interesting because I do agree the Bay Area has that benefit of teaching you diversity. However, okay, I guess there's almost multiple questions in this where do you think there's any way that a child could be raised in a form that stereotype threat won't exist in their mind at all? And Part of that is because of Grimes and Elon Musk, where they're trying to raise their child in a gender neutral way. Mm. In some way that's possible, but that is speaking from a place of privilege because socialization happens within children within each other and children indirectly conform to that in the same way that even if we protect children against the idea of racism and different prejudicial concepts, they'll still find it regardless. It just exists as a society, but also within that is National Geographic made that ideal what the future human will look like. And it's an ambiguous individual because everyone will become mixed race. So speaking on that, as we are this next generation to, I guess, spawn children, do you think there's a way that you could protect your own future children from stereotype threat? Or are we not in a place for that yet? My short answer is no, unfortunately, just because if you are trying to raise a kid 
to not be subject to stereotype threat, you have to expose them to the stereotypes. I mean, you can't just grow up you can't just teach your kid that there are no stereotypes and then they meet a kid who is stereotypical against them so it's hard to say i don't know if we'll ever get to a point where that's possible because the wonderful thing about diversity is i mean here's i guess there's pros and cons to diversity i i personally am biased i i think there are more pros to diversity but when you have this diverse group of people, you're going to be exposed to so many new cultures, so, so much new information, the beauty of life, really. And you're going to get all of these different life perspectives and backgrounds, which I think is really beautiful. But you are also subject to have to note, it, note the differences between people. And whether you view those differences as good or bad doesn't really matter in this case. They're differences and you're going to have opinions about them and you're going to come across people who have those negative opinions. So I think as we become more diverse, stereotype threat might go up. Now, I would like to raise my kid teaching them that you are diverse. You are this, this, and this you're, as your nationality, as your identity. And you are going to continue to form your identity as you grow up. And you need to know that there is nothing that can stop you, that you that all of those people out there are amazing. And so are you. And, you know, that's the best you can do. You can try to encourage them to be confident in their race, in their intelligence, in their gender. And that's all you can really do. I mean, you can't get rid of stereotype threat, but you can do things to combat it. I love how you said that because not that we are giving parenting advice to anyone because we are indirectly children to some degree, but I don't think I could have said it in any other way. It's the same it's the same way that I would want to teach a child about anything where you have to acknowledge the bad, but in order to combat that, you do have to address the good and teach them the almost moral and respectful way that helps them grow as an individual even if it means like hey you might be a woman and society might bash the shit out of you but just know you're great (laughs) in a nutshell that's what it is so i mean we're already talking a little bit about how to counteract stereotype threat what other things can we do to counteract these negative stereotypes I would argue trying to make schools more diverse. I think with exposure, everything can become better. However, I cannot fix the whole system of where people reside and how the majorities may affect that. But the best way would to... Because... We obviously were lucky. We had more diversity within our schools. Obviously, there are schools that are more diverse. There's some that are not at all. But exposure is truly the only way, which also sounds super negative because I'm thinking that if you are in a predominantly white school and you're a person of color, you are. it is so hard to feel good about yourself. You almost feel as if you're representing your entire ethnicity which can feel like an emotional toll on an individual so it's really hard to say like let's establish diversity because we can't just 
force people of color to infiltrate majority spaces and make them subject to feeling like ostracized you know i agree with you i would say that creating more diversity is definitely a step in the right direction and i like what you said about exposure i mean if you are exposed to a person who is not your typical gender, race, economic status, you learn so much more and you become more understanding of that perspective. So I think that is only good. Um, I would also say that in the times where it really counts, when you have a student taking a major exam, you don't want them to be subject to stereotype threat. You want them to do as well as they possibly can. And the cool thing is, um, in that book I mentioned, Whistling Vivaldi, the experiments will show that these students, these minority students who take the exams, they are at the same exact performance level as the majority. However, during the actual exam, depending on multiple factors like who's in the exam room, who are they competing against, is are the scales tipped against them, they will perform worse, which is really heartbreaking. So one of the um, ways to counteract this was before the, the exam, when they were in the room, they read a statement or they were told a statement of, you know, you are at the school for a reason. Everyone Aww. is everyone <laughs> in this school is at the same really high performance level. Um, use your I, I think one of them was like, use your diversity because, you know, you have an advantage because you are this diverse, amazing person. So just really nice reminders that you are so much more than your stereotype is how you combat stereotype threat. That is amazing. And I wish we had been doing that from the, like, that's something that should be established in kindergarten, even earlier than kindergarten. And yet again, an idea with parenting is that obviously you want to build your child's self-esteem, but I'm glad that school is also trying to build that and addressing the fact that, hey, this is a real problem. But a quick question, do you think COVID and online testing ended up being a good thing to combat stereotype threat where you're not physically in that environment? You don't see your classmates while you take the test, that it's truly solely you and what you're capable of. And you get to find out if you possibly suck as an individual once you get the grade back, but you don't know who you're against. And I think that benefits, I would argue. Huh, that's a really interesting idea. I mean, considering that online learning is not ideal in general, <laughs> I think if anything, it would just balance these things out. But that is a really interesting idea. Like, separating exposure to others while you're taking the exam. I mean, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of money. Um, yeah. And we don't want to do online exams necessarily. But I do wonder if that is combating stereotype threat. Huh. I think, I, I think experiments need to be done to get that answer. But what do you think? I would argue yes. If we're following the idea that it's part of it could be fear of the location. There is that anxiety of being in a specific testing room. There's also that fear, as you said, where you feel that in-group versus out-group the moment you can see your peers and you really begin to level yourself. And it's, I don't know if you've ever, and this is a feeling that I think most women face is that 
the moment you walk into any science room, anything in the engineering, even if you're just walking through it, you immediately feel that you are the only vagina in the room and you immediately seek out other people like that. And then you don't find it. And I think that is a big problem. But I would argue online testing has been good in that regard. But I don't know if we can... I think the only way would be, yeah, we have to test it, make them take a test in a room that is like that. And maybe don't address that. You may feel kind of shitty about yourself and your ethnicity. But then do an online one. But... I don't know, would it be hard doing it with knowing who you're against versus who you aren't against, even if it's online? If you were having these online exams, you may have a decrease in stereotype threat just because you're not in a physical room. You don't look to your left or your right and see someone you're worried is better than you. But I don't think that's the right solution. I like the solution better where you're reminding people of their skills and that there's so much more than these stereotypes. I think that's the um, the nicer version of it. If you're just <laughs> alienating these kids while they're taking these exams, it kind of sends the wrong message in my opinion. Like, oh, we have to segregate everyone just so they <laughs> can take the exams. I mean, I just don't like the idea of separating people to combat stereotype threat in that way, I think we should be cultivating a mindset of all of these people should be in the same room. They should be, I mean, exams, they can't be working together, but like in general, like they should be working together and not against each other. Yeah, especially with, I think this goes into parenting, it goes into the college system, it goes into socialization as a whole. This is a bigger problem because it can be combated if you start very from the beginning and so that they don't have these thoughts instilled into them. But also in regards to how the colleges can fix it is by really advocating for different people that aren't common in a certain field to join it and like really give them the support to be one of the first in that group so that you can start to see that balance. But obviously that is easier said than done on every level. So, oh well. Oh well, indeed, Kimmy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, I love this episode. I think uh, we hit all the main points. I think we opened up a great conversation. And I think we're ready to wrap up. Okay, you got a coin? I do. I'm not going to ask you for one because you're currently in a closet. <laughs> I am who I am, and that is a closet girl. <laughs> okay. Heads or tails, closet girl? Um, heads. <laughs> it is heads. Okay. Oh, that's a calculator. God damn it. Okay. <laughs> One, two, three. Today we talked about stereotype threat, which is a psychological and I guess performance enhancing thing that can alter... In a go- it could be good or it could be bad. I think we chose a very negative path towards it because we want it to be something that can be changed. But having negative stereotypes perceived onto you or your race, your class, your sexuality, your gender, 
whatever it may be that can alter your performance in a negative way because you have these negative perceptions already holding you back to some degree. And part of that could be the room. It could be who you're against. It's that in-group versus out-group. And then we also discussed on how to combat that, which is through really acknowledging that these things exist, but also educating, but also teaching some self-love confidence, which I think in the end is the best that you can do, especially if we can't start it from the beginning and assuming that everyone's at the same level playing field, which is really great. Oh, I like how you ended that, Kimmy. Very sweet, very heartwarming. I really like the idea of reading a nice speech before a test. I think it would soothe everyone's soul. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for listening. We're so sorry. We still don't have a name for you, but we, me and Kimmy will be brainstorming and uh, coming up with something great. With that, this has been the Psychotic Break. I'm Maddie. And I'm Kimmy. Bye. Bye. Bye.